the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From Talk 910 KNEW San Francisco, this is Rob Black. Rob talks about your money every weekday, live and local, from 10 to noon. Enjoy the show. The news and views of Rob Black are his and his alone. Don't be stupid. Investing in stocks and real estate has risk. You should know that. Rob is a great resource, but he likely doesn't know your situation thoroughly. You should consult a qualified broker or other financial advisor prior to making any actual investment or trading decisions. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. It's call-in show. It's your show. It used to be called Rob Black and your money, i.e. your money. Uh, thus, it's your show. Thus, you are responsible for content on this show. And if you don't do your homework and you don't call in, I'm going to get mad at you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Got some pretty interesting guests on today, later in the show. One's going to come from Merrill Lynch, where we're going to be talking about some of the issues tied towards retirement and some of the statistics that are out there. Are we ready and or are we not ready? Now, also going to be talking with a Wall Street Journal reporter, talking about ill parents. Get this crazy statistic. By the year 2020, one in three people will have to provide care for an elderly parent. What's that mean? Well, it means you're not at work when you're providing care for an elderly parent. It means sometimes some extra costs are going to come your way. Our parents are aging. I'm a baby. I'm not a baby boomer. I just made that up. I created fiction. I'm a Generation Xer. And I can tell you quite honestly, uh, I'm a little spooked by this. Baby boomers are getting old, and as they get older, healthcare costs go up. In the state of California, did you know that long-term care costs roughly about $100,000 a year? So let's say your, your dad passes away and your mom starts to slip into dementia. It's crazy when old people start slipping. It's re- it happens fast. For instance, uh, my mom's had two strokes. If you were to yell fire, she might run up the stairs versus run out the house. She doesn't know what to do. She needs a caregiver to basically make sure that she gets pills. Her pills keeps her mind pretty much so moving correctly. So she has to be on her diabetes medicine. She has to be on her stroke medicine to keep her blood thin, things along those lines. If she's on her medication, she's, she's, she's my mom. If she's not, she's a demented freak. There was one time where, you know, she just started wandering around the neighborhood because she was, her medications were off. She could have been raped. She could have been brutalized. She could have been murdered. She could have been a lot of things. So as her parents age, and I had a grandmother, just to give you an idea that it's kind of sad. My dad was an orphan. So, and my mother, her father died brutally early in life when she was two years old in the war. So she didn't really have a, a, a father. My dad didn't have a father or mother. So that's probably one of the issues why I've got daddy issues and I do this show the way I do it. But anyway, my grandmother, back to her. She was so cute. She lived in Mobile, Alabama, and every time we'd go visit her, she'd you know have chocolate milk for me. She had chocolate milk when I was three. She had chocolate milk when I was four. She had chocolate milk when I was five. 
at some point in time, you kind of outgrow the chocolate milk thing, but she loved me, and that was her, her way of bonding. By the time I turned eight, she had basically started suffering from Alzheimer's disease. As a kid, I didn't know how to say Alzheimer's, but I said old-timer's disease, and I think it's, it's still pretty relevant to call it old-timer's disease. Anyway, the, they put you in a bed, and she had you know, three years in a bed. Three years in a bed. When you go, you go bad. It's, it's not pretty. Um, your organs, get this. I don't know if you know this. This is crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Your arms start to like curl in towards your heart. If you're not moving, it's 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 a weird phenomenon. It's a weird phenomenon. Your feet, the the muscles and the bones in your feet just basically fall out. Uh, so your feet turn into like rubber. It's pretty gross. It's a pretty hideous, horrible thing. Long story short, that was costing probably our family maybe forty thousand dollars a year, maybe thirty thousand dollars a year to keep her in a hospital bed twenty four seven three six five. I don't know if we did the right thing or not. I, don't know. I was eight years old, so by the time she died when I was eleven, I was left grandparentless. Uh, but more importantly, it's, it, it was a long-term care loss. And if that happens to my mom, that's, you know, $100,000 a year. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we know better now. We know how to treat Alzheimer's. We know how to uh, medicate a little bit better here, a little bit better there, so to speak, and uh, keep people in, in the realm of the real world. By the time my m- grandmother died, she knew like three people. She knew Judy Garland. She knew uh, my mom, but not my mom at her current age. She knew my mom when she was a, a six-year-old little girl. And she knew herself when she was a six-year-old little girl. So my grandmother thought she was a six-year-old little girl. Crazy what drugs and things do. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, parenting issues, ill parents, and career issues tied towards you and me. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I'm supposed to start the show on a light note. And here I am talking about my grandmother's limbs curling up to her heart, kind of like the Wicked Witch of the East when the house landed on her and her legs curled up. I know. That's the image that I have in my head. Not a good one, right? Now, the Republicans. They're Republicans. Uh, They won two big victories in big states. As voters sent Barack Obama to the White House, they basically turned their backs now on Democrats. It's funky how this happens. Remember when President Clinton got into office? Two years later, the Republicans swept into Congress and did the 100-day initiative and kind of took over for a few years. A lot of stuff didn't get done, and ultimately, I love gridlock. It makes me sound like a jerk. It makes me sound like a fool. How can you love gridlock? Well, I ask you a question. How can you label yourself a Republican or Democrat and be content with that? I mean, do you represent all Republican ideas? Do you represent all Democrat ideas? I mean, it's silly. It's silly, silly, silly bazilly, as I like to say. When you work in radio, you learn to say stupid things. Silly bazilly. You learn to say frickin' frackin'. You know what frickin' frackin' stands for. It's another F word, but it's not frickin' or frackin'. So anyway, um, you start coming up with these, these crutches that you go back to, because I swear in, in real life, I do, I do. Anyway, um, the double loss in two crucial governor races, it's going to send shockwaves through Congress. Now, here's what most people aren't going to tell you. This means health care might not get done. Remember a couple weeks ago, it looked like health care was going to get done, because now what happens is, as the Democrats are being voted out, the Democrats who are in power, they're scared. They're not willing to be controversial. They're not willing to be edgy. So the double loss sends shockwaves through Congress, where wavering Democrats are already worried about passing sweeping health care changes. Hopes for early passage on the health care bill had already suffered setbacks when Senate Democrat leader Harry Reid yesterday warned that Congress may not complete the legislation this year. <laughs> Wasn't it supposed to get done in September? No, no, no. Wasn't it supposed to get done in October? No, 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 no. 
Wasn't it supposed to get done in November? It ain't going to get done. Democrat, kiss me ass. The loss of Virginia governorship was expected. But the New Jersey gubernatorial race was a major upset, especially since President Barack Obama campaigned so hard. Now, Republican challenger Chris Christie pulled ahead of incumbent John Corzine in the Democratic stronghold in New Jersey and was called the victor by several television networks about 1030 late last night. Now, again, what I talked about, Harry Reid's important. Harry Reid sounds that's that's one of those names that I'd probably change. It's just one of those names that makes me think of a dirty old pervert. Now, uh, the Senate's top Democrat, Harry Reid, he signaled that Congress may fail to meet a year-end deadline for passing health care legislation, leaving the measure's fate to uncertainties of the 2010 election season. Now, Majority Leader Harry Reid, he's a Democrat out of Nevada, he spoke with Democratic officials yesterday and said it could be December before Senate debate begins in earnest on President Barack Obama's top agenda, health care reform. Now, months after senior lawmakers in the White House had hoped, Reed, for the first time, has publicly raised the possibility that lawmakers would not be able to meet the self-imposed deadline of completing work on health care by year's end. His quote was, we're not going to be bound by any timetable. We need to do the best job we can for the American people. Reed's office revised his remarks and says, our goals remain unchanged. We want to get health insurance reform done this year, and we have unprecedented momentum to achieve that. There is no reason why we can't have a transparent and thorough debate in the Senate and still send a bill to the president by Christmas. So almost instantaneously, there's some spin going on here. I don't know. You know, if you're a Democrat and you're up for a reelection, do you really want to be signing legislation that says we're going to go a trillion dollars and we're going to spend a trillion dollars to cover this nut? I don't know. And that's a, a pretty risky political move at this point in time. Now, staying with Congress and politics, because politics really intersects with Main Street and Main Street is our economy. And our economy clearly interacts, interjects with Wall Street, right? There's a big H1N1 flu issue. You've heard about this. Now, the Congress has proposed another issue, and this one's probably going to get done pretty fast. Representative George Miller, he introduced legislation yesterday that would guarantee five paid sick days for workers sent home by their employers with contagious illness. Now, wait, wait. Think about that for a second. I came to, to work last week with walking pneumonia, and my boss didn't say a word to me. Clearly, I was infectious for at least a day or so, right? Now, I don't get paid sick days. Had he said, go home, I wouldn't have got paid. I need that money. Baby needs formula. Baby needs shoes. Daddy needs to be at work. Can't be sent home. That's ludicrous. I don't mind if I infect 10 other people. And I don't even mind if they got and infect 10 other people and they could kill someone. Could happen. But I need my money. So more than 40 million, I'm making this up a little bit. I'm embellishing it. I'm trying to sell the story. And more than 40 million workers did not have paid sick days in the United States. Did you know that? And these are people like restaurant workers and school cafeteria employees. And they go to work with H1N1, they spread the virus, and it could be devastating. And this is all according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. 39% of all private sector workers do not receive paid sick days. 39%. While amongst the bottom 25% of wage earners, 63% don't get paid sick days. So under this bill that Congress has put in together, it's called the Emergency Influenza Containment Act. I can't make this stuff up, can I? Workers deciding to stay at home, you're not going to get the sick days. You have to come into work and your boss has to say, go home. That's kind of freaking fracking effed up, isn't it? Now, business groups have opposed legislation requiring paid sick days. Clearly, it would be an expensive employer mandate for something workers and their bosses could usually work out. Now, the bill would apply to businesses with 15 or more employees. 
Workers who follow their employer's direction to stay home because of contagious illness cannot be fired, disciplined, or retaliated against for staying home. The bill would take 15 day, effect 15 days after being signed and would expire after two years. Now, again, swine flu is going to kill a couple of people this year. Flu is going to kill a couple of people. Car accidents are going to kill a lot more people. We're not running around screaming about the epidemic of cars, are we? I just wish swine flu would kill old people. It's killing future taxpayers, young kids. I don't like that. If it killed old people, it'd be fine because then we wouldn't have to pay their Medicaid and their, their Social Security. We wouldn't have to pay them the benefits that we've promised them and that we have to live up to. Otherwise, we're a loser nation. <laughs> am I that much of a jerk? Yes, I am. Again, what would I do with old people? Put them in a blender and put them on a cracker. And- Excellent. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. So in it, greed is people. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. It's 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Got a full show plan for you today, but by all means, I'd love to hear from you. Taking a look at the market, we're up a hundred plus points on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Nasdaq's up twelve points. The S P five hundred up ten. All things considered, it's been a damn good year on Wall Street. Last year not so good. This year, damn good. You can't predict these things, and the sooner you stop trying, the better. In my opinion, uh, Google third quarter lobbying cost up over a million dollars. Who would have thought that Google has to lobby Congress, right? Just you think it's a new company, they're a tech company, and they have to pay people to try to get their agenda pushed in in Washington or to protect their agenda. Microsoft lays off eight hundred more people worldwide. J.P. Morgan paying seven hundred million dollars to settle SEC charges. Little sign of life in retailers. We're starting to see a little bit of sign of life. And Chrysler cash up more than $1 billion from June. Kind of liking what we're seeing. It's, it's, it's good. You had to put a gun to my head, put a gun to my head, bang. Put a gun to my head, and I'm going to say I still prefer international than betting the farm in the United States. I got an email from Kimberly. Who names her kid Kimberly? It's an odd one, right? Anyway, Kimberly says, is it possible to tap into equity? $300,000 in our home while we're unemployed since March 2009. We've already used our existing equity line of credit to survive $99,000. We've talked to a mortgage broker and two banks with no luck. If we can't use the equity in our home, our last resort would be the 401k. Do you recommend that course of action to avoid losing our home? Thanks so much for your time. Okay. What the hell's going on in this family? Both of them been unemployed since 09, March of 09. That's a long time. I would consider selling the house and moving before tapping the 401k. Now, I don't know a lot about Kimberly. I don't know her age. I don't know her income. I don't know how much she has in the 401k. But you only work from age 20 to 60, and that's freaking it. Go talk to someone who's 60 years old and ask them if they're working. Now... If they are, they're, they're working at Walmart for basically minimum wage, or they're working at Home Depot for basically minimum wage to get health care benefits. She wants to tap her 401k. She already used an equity line of credit. Equity lines of credit suck. 
People who use equity line of credit suck. It's basically a mortgage against your home. It's a piggy bank. You're, you're tapping into your home. It's meant for true emergencies, not living expenses. So Kimberly should have had two to six months of living expenses set aside in an emergency fund. She didn't. So she used a loan. That's insanity. And of course, no lender is going to let you refinance your house because you have to have three things to get a loan. You have to have credit. That's the first C of credit. Credit being a good credit score. Credit history, an ability to show in the past that you were able to pay stuff back. You have to have collateral, which she sounds like she has $300,000 in equity. So she's got one of the three. She probably has a good credit score, so that's two of the three. But she doesn't have capacity. That's the third C. There's three C's of, of, of basically home ownership, credit capacity and collateral. Now, the capacity means your ability to pay it back. And remember the first one, credit? Credit history shows that you borrowed money successfully and you paid it back over a period of time. She doesn't have a job. I want to give her a loan. No way. So she can look, she can try, but I think people who are sober are going to say, get out of my office. She's already tapped one equity line of credit on the home. When you tap an equity line of credit, it assumes that you're borrowing money. It assumes that you're going to be able to get a better rate of return than the equity line of credit. And most people can't get a better rate of return. It's just worthy of noting. I think people who use equity lines of credit extend themselves. They don't realize the potential mess that they're getting into. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Viacom. Remember the big push? You've heard it kind of annoying recently on the whole Beatles rock band. So Viacom, they own the Beatles rock band. That's their product. That's what they've been pushing. They got on a conference call yesterday with analysts, and they said their only product right now and it's losing money and it's lost money for the last two years who would have thought that you would have thought like the beatles would have ah, taken the the playstation 3 taken the xbox 360 by storm but no rock band was a negative contributor to margins in the third quarter they expect to break even or be slightly profitable in the fourth quarter again holiday season much more important than the back to school season what's kind of stinks about rock band it was a big risk it was a huge risk because the Beatles aren't going to license for cheap. The Beatles are going to be a premium license. If you're going to borrow their images and borrow their music to put in video games, they're going to, you're going to cost an arm and a leg. Now, who plays video games? I play video games, and people younger than me play video games. I haven't played a video game in about three months. I've been super busy. But I hope to get back into it. There's some you know fall, uh, Christmas releases, Call of Duty 2. That looks like a, a hoot, a fun time, a good time to be had by all. Um... I don't listen to Beatles music. It's too old for me. You know, on occasion, it's nice to hear little Beatles here and there, but I'm not going to, like, rock band to me is more about, I want to be the drummer from ACDC. I want to be the, the the guitar player from Pearl Jam. Like, I want my contemporaries. I want the the badasses, so to speak. I don't want the, the goody two-shoe uh, Beatles. So Anyway, Chief Executive Philippe Dumont, he said the Beatles rock band has a great launch, but also noted the economics of rock band franchises are improving. They're not as quickly as they like. So far, they've sold 595,000 units during the month of September. Rock Band games have lost money for Viacom primarily because of the high cost of manufacturing instrument controllers. For the Beatles game, the company significantly raised the price of it, and that limited the number of consumers who could afford it. 
Now, you can play with the older Rock Band controllers or those from Activision's competing Guitar Hero titles as well, but if you really were a Beatles enthusiast, you got something that looked like a real Beatles instrument. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. There's one more business story out there that's, that's it's, it's big. It's probably bigger than two minutes, but I'll give it a good minute or two. It's Intel. About 8.30 this morning, something crossed the wire and basically said Intel's being sued by Mario Cuomo. New York's Attorney General, not Mario Cuomo, <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Small mistake there, my, my bad. He filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against Intel, the largest chipmaker in the world. The lawsuit charges that Intel violated state and federal laws by abusing dominant position in the chip market to keep its main rival AMD advanced micro devices at bay. Now, Intel had faced similar lawsuits in Asia and Europe, and in the European Commission, they fined the company a record $1.45 billion in antitrust violations. Look, if your state has high unemployment like the state of New York does, an attorney general says, ooh, I could eventually run for governor if I get you know a billion dollars from uh, Intel. These cases have largely revolved around deals Intel has struck with computer makers and retailers. Ultimately, that's pressured them into picking Intel's microprocessor, which serves up as a central chip inside personal computers and inside electronic devices. Now, Intel and Microsoft have long been the personal computer industry's two most dominant players. They're the 800-pound gorillas. And when you're an 800-pound gorilla, you get put in antitrust targets. In 1993, we've been here before, the FTC of the United States, Fair Trade Commission. They dropped a two-year investigation in Intel's business, saying it lacked evidence to back a lawsuit. In 1995, Intel settled a number of cases with AMD, one involving antitrust charges. There was a second FTC interview into Intel in 2000. One of the things that they'll do is they'll say, hey, Dell, if you use our semiconductors, we'll give you 10% price off. Dell's like, hell yeah, we're trying to save costs. We could pay full price on AMD chips or we could pay 10% off on Intel chips. They're basically a commodity. They're basically the same thing for a lot of people. So, and Dell said, we favor the Intel chips. Now, AMD could have done the same thing, but AMD didn't have the strength of the volume, volume, volume to compete on that level. So, it's a big suit. It's a big headline. Intel shares are up today. I'd rather be sued because I'm a monopoly than be suing because the monopoly is hurting me. If you get where I'm going at from the investor's perspective, 800-345-5639. Get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Shoe, 910 AM, all things financial, more stimulating talk. Black Show, I'm Rob Black. Let's bring on my guest. My guest is Joanne Lubin from the Wall Street Journal. She published a, a crazy insightful article yesterday. On It was called When Duty to an Ill Parent and to Your Career Collide. I'm a generation extra. I've got a mom who is just hanging by a thread before she needs day-to-day, day-to-day kind of care. So this is intriguing to me because I live 3,000 miles away from my mother. Joanne, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, the article that you put together yesterday, what would you say caused you to write this article? Well, it, I mainly got the idea for this article when I met the CEO of Walters Kluwer, who is an American named Nancy McKinstry, who is based in the Netherlands, but happened to mention to me that she had a very promising American executive who was based in Chicago who she wanted to promote to a job running all of their U.K. business. 
And the woman said, I'd love to take the job, but my mom's got to come with me. She just moved a year ago from California and lived near me in the Chicago area, and her health is not that great. She's over 80. Uh, and uh, the CEO then proceeded to tell me how the, the company accommodated this executive's needs to take her promotion, move up in the company, and still be able to help her mom. Now, the, the statistic that jumps out in your article, Joanne, it's, it's shocking because we've, we've heard about baby boomers retiring and how that may crash the stock market because they're going to pull money out. Uh, the housing market may collapse as they sell their second home, things like that. But on the other side of the fence, right now, one in eight employees is giving care to someone over the age of 65. And by the year 2020, it'll be one in three. And I'll be honest, let me sound selfish here. I don't got the kind of time to be doing that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's a demographic time bomb, and it's complicated by two factors. On the one hand, the economy has been so terrible that a lot of these baby boomers are postponing their retirement, so they're staying in the workforce longer. And secondly, a lot of those baby boomers' parents are living longer than anyone expected. One of the mother-in-laws I described in the story is a a woman who today is 96 years old and still going strong since her son-in-law decided not to relocate for his new job so that his wife could continue to oversee the care of her mother. Now, your article kind of reaches out to people who are in my shoes and says, you could do some things to help yourselves. What were some of the tips on helping us help our parents? Well, I think the biggest tip is if you're facing this conundrum, you know, do I move for my job and abandon mom, uh, is to not believe that you're alone in your predicament and, and reach out to people in your company who may have gone down that path. Find out what kind of elder care policies the company has, whether they could be adapted to relocation. Find out if they have elder care assistance for people who are transferring. Don't expect that you're the only one in the world who's ever had this position thrust upon them in which they're trying to choose between a job and and a dad. One of your lessons is, and you say lesson, corporate relocation policies are not carved in stone. Exactly. Um, But at the same time, Joanne, you kind of have to be a bigwig or a rainmaker. Otherwise, your boss is going to say, I have to fire you and and put someone in to do that job. How do you toe that line of being replaceable versus uh, getting what you need? Well, go back to the first premise, which is you're being offered a transfer at an existing company because they think highly enough of you that they want you to move somewhere else and take a different job. So right there, you've got some leverage. It doesn't really matter where you are in the company. You're clearly important enough to them that they're willing to relocate you. Secondly, you come up with a wish list of things you need to accommodate the needs of this aging parent that is small, that is not the moon. Thirdly, you be flexible about accepting trade-offs. You know, maybe you don't move your horse or you don't move your boat, okay, and you have them help subsidize the cost of moving uh, 80-year-old mom instead. Even this woman who was this high flyer at this Dutch company, she gave up some of her financial benefits for being an expatriate in order for the company to pay for moving her mother, and now the, the company's paying for her mother's rent on her apartment in the U.K., it's interesting uh, because it just brings up all sorts of conundrums in your head of 10 years ago, I couldn't do my radio show from the other coast. Now I can with an ISDN line. So technology has really allowed me to, you know, drop everything and do move back East Coast if my mom needs me. Um, it's very incredibly rewarding taking care of a parent because it's opposite of, of everything you grew up with, Joanne, where they took care of you. Right. And in their latter years, you're taking care of them. Uh, I took my dad for radiation and chemotherapy, and it was probably the best thing I ever did, as odd as that sounds. 
On the other hand, if in relocating you end up having the elderly parent live with you, that's a whole other kettle of fish you need to think about very seriously. A couple of people I talked to said that people who moved and then moved their parent in with them saw definite career harm. That's interesting to note that because um, I do this radio show, and one thing that I sometimes get myself in trouble with, Joanne, is I make too many generalizations. I say things like, I would never want my mother living with me, and she probably would never want to live with me. But in the Latin community, it's a little bit more of an accepted norm. It, yeah, everybody's situation is going to be different. But the big risk, it seems to me, in having your elderly parent living with you is that dependency increases. And so in one of the examples in, in the column, this woman who moved to take a new CEO job and brought her father with her as his illness got worse, she was having to leave work a lot to, to drive him to the emergency room. She didn't want to, you know, put him in an ambulance when his breathing got difficult. Is there anything else that we need to know, Joanne, before I let you go? Well, I think this is a much more common problem than, frankly, I even imagined when I wrote the column based on the responses I've gotten. And a lot of them were from people saying, well, what are the little people supposed to do? You only wrote about the high-paid people. The idea is you take a lesson from what they did and adapt it to your situation. Sounds good. Thanks very much. It's Joanne Lubin, author of When Duty to an Ill Parent and Your Career Collide. Author, uh, writer for the Wall Street Journal. I dig the Wall Street Journal. I, I don't feel complete unless I read through the journal. And this is one of those articles, again, one in three of us will be taking care of an elderly parent in some way, shape, or form by the year 2020. So right now I can see Heidi, I can see Jen, I can see me, one in three of us. So that's kind of humbling. 800-345-5639. A couple things you can do is you got to learn about long-distance care and you got to learn about caregivers. Uh, for instance, my family, we hired a nurse to come by my mom's house five days a week for a couple hours a day. That was better than a full-time nurse living there. It gave my mom a little bit of independence, but it also gave someone you know, to check up on her, gave her someone to talk to, gave her someone to look at the pills. Uh, there's a couple good websites out there. The one's called caregiver.org, caregiver.org. Another one's called cfad.org. That's called caring from a distance, cfad.org. Um, if Alzheimer's is a disease that's afflicted your parents, alz.org, alz.org. There's also a really good website that really covers a lot of elder care help issues called eldercare.gov, eldercare.gov. Don't ask me to repeat these lists. I'm not a publisher. I don't work for you. If you want to hear it again, you can go to the 910 website, talk910.com, talk910.com. Download the podcast first hour of Wednesday. Is today Wednesday or is today Thursday? Today's Wednesday. Okay. First hour of Wednesday. And uh, just jump to the 45-minute long mark. And if you can't do that, go to robblack.com, robblack.com, and subscribe to the iTunes. And it'll update your podcast each and every day Woo! automatically. Not too shabby. But anyway, caregiver.org, cfad.org. Cfad.org is caring from a distance. And uh, Alzheimer's disease, if, if that's hitting your family, let me tell you, that one eats you up alive. There's nothing more sad and pathetic and just empty feeling than looking at a parent who doesn't remember crap about their life. That just eats you up, and that's alz.org, alz.org, and eldercare.gov, eldercare.gov. And one final question is, uh, this is a big issue, believe it or not, and they made a movie about it not too long ago that kind of was a tearjerker, but if your mom forgets that she was married and she has an affair, is that an affair, or does she not have memories of it? So and how painful would that be to families? I know, another icky topic, 60-year-olds having sex. With that said, I'm going to go to break 
five six three nine. Oh, and I, I was at CVS the other day, and I had to hear a, a 60-year-old person talking about the difference between Cialis and Viagra and how Viagra messes them up for hours and hours, and he prefers Cialis. <laughs> now, for the younger people out there, Cialis and Viagra, when you're st- first starting to date, <laughs> impress the woman. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Walmart during the holiday season. Why? Because I don't have to do as much show prep. They do a lot of show prep for me today. They announced some price cuts on electronics and on Thanksgiving meal items. I love Walmart. How easy is it for me to come here and here and say that they've got some significant price reductions on Thanksgiving dinner favorites, TVs, and other popular electronics starting Saturday? Walmart stores will begin their first one-week electronic savings event with special buys and rollbacks. Beginning today, Walmart will feature select 12-pound turkeys for how much money? How much do you think? Under five bucks. You can get a 12-pound turkey. Like, I may even go to Walmart. Or maybe I'll have it shipped to me. You know there's a company that deep fries turkeys and will ship them to you with all these crazy different flavors? All you got to do is Google deep-fried turkeys and it'll come up. Uh, crazy, like you can get buffalo turkey and garlic turkey. So I think I'm going to do that because who really wants to cook a turkey anymore? It's too much work. I'd rather deep fry it and have it delivered. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Let's go to Chuck in Petaluma. Chuck, how are you? Hey there, Rob. How are you doing? I'm okay. Love your show. Love your show. You know, I was uh, uh, pissed off when you uh, took over from... Dennis Miller, but uh, you won me over, man, and I'm not uh, easily won over. You're very kind, Chuck. Um, I like Dennis Miller, and I always thought he was a genius, and to replace him was humbling. And I understand that in radio, people get attached to things, and it sucks when they lose them. So Yeah, I, I, I went and listened to him online for a while, and then I started hearing you and the listening, and uh, like I said, you won me over, and I, uh, I, I dig your show, and I listen uh, two hours a day if I can. Can I call you a mother chucker? Yeah, absolutely. So, sounds I'm good, Chuck. a mother Chuck. chucker. I like that. What's up, Chuck? Um, okay, talk about uh, mother chucker. I, I'm, I'm trying not to chuck my mother, but um, she's uh, 80-ish and um, it lives in Concord. I live in Petaluma, and um, I'm starting to have to go down there a lot. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get her up here. Uh, she owns her home in Concord. It's about $400,000, worth about $400,000. And I, I don't know um, if what I should do is rent that sucker out. I, I don't want to be a landlord. Sure. Um, but uh, how's uh, how's mom? She's uh, eighty. Okay. How's her health? It's, she's starting to decline. You know, she's okay. start, starting to you know have some problems, and I have to run down there um, more than I I like to now. You know. Um, so what I want to know is if I should sell the house, and, and and then if I, you know, if I if we sell the house, how how do we um, preserve that money, you know, for her twilight years? You know, um, the other thing related is uh, we're considering possibly moving and um, maybe getting a, like an in-law 
um, or a granny unit or something and put her in that, <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, yeah. uh, I value your opinion. Let me have it. Well, let's keep asking some questions here. Is her home paid off? Yes, it is. Does she want to stay in the home? Uh, no. Okay. I'd consider selling it right there. Okay. Um, or if she wanted to stay in the home, I'd consider a reverse mortgage just to help with a little bit more cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, how long did her mother stay alive? Until uh, she was 90. Okay. So you can probably expect 10 years. Yeah. Um, give or take. Uh, if you were to sell the home, you could easily you know, pull out you know, $40,000 a year for 10 years. You know, the math's that simple, and that would probably be more than enough for her lifestyle plus her Social Security is my guess. Mm-hmm. So I'd okay. consider selling it, putting the money in something pretty safe like a Ginny Mae fund where you're going to get 4% yields. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got a durable power of attorney and all the medical attorneys that you need? No, you know? I don't yet, but I'm, I'm about ready to do that. That should be step number one. Oh. Um because ultimately, you need to be able to sign for her bills and you need to be able to sign for her Social Security checks and things like that. And you want to get that done sooner rather than later. Does she have a will in place yet? Yeah. Okay. And you feel pretty good about that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My, my sister and I, you know. With, with the sister issue, I think you're going to want to bring all family members in on decisions so it doesn't look like you're spending mom's money and being a jerk. My sister doesn't care. Well, she says that now. And in 10 years from now, when that $400,000, you know, nugget of a home has been reduced to nothing, you know, her spouse may suddenly hate you. Uh So I would jointly work with family members to come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, I would even consider taking that $400,000 and, you know, like you said, when you move, uh, putting some of that into, you know, getting a granny unit or an extended part of the house built. So that you can, you know, accommodate mother and uh, help watch over her. Uh, it's a lot of work mentally. It's really, really tough living oh, with a parent. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so, so if we sold the house, then you, you think uh, maybe taking some of that money and uh, just putting it into a granny unit, lettering her live rent free, something like that, um, right. might be a, a cool. I think so, but again, you're going to have to talk to your sister about this because families freak out. Um, it's really – I've seen families torn apart because of decisions like this. Sure. So – and then there will be a situation where your mother loves your daughter – or no, no. Your mother hates your daughter but loves your sister's son. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just rips families into shreds. Right. So be careful with that. But yeah, yeah um, I would sell the home. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think real estate prices aren't going to move up anytime soon. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think they can move down a little bit. So uh, that's a big asset. And her Social Security is what, about 20000 a year? Rob, you, yeah. you can't believe this, man. She she uh, she was a housewife, right? Yeah. Um, she uh, gets three hundred a month from Social Security. That's and she gets three hundred a month alimony from my dad for the last twenty five years. She she's been living on six hundred dollars a month yeah. for like twenty years. And and check this out: fifteen years ago, I got her a computer. I showed her how to use eBay. Yeah. And she paid her house off and bought a car and. Uh, I, I, very uh, frugal and industrious. Old I'd age. consider reaching out to the Social Security office as well and saying, you know, I'd like to put my mom under my dad's uh, Social Security benefits because it sounds like he was the breadwinner. Um, and she may qualify for a much bigger paycheck in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Well, listen, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Love your show. And I'm an avid listener. And I, I uh, uh, tell people to tune in. Sounds good. Thanks, Chuck. All right, man. Let's go to San Mateo. Dave? Hi, Rob. Hi. Hi. 
Um, that, that same caller, um, what if he were to convert his house into a care home, into an assisted living uh, facility? As a business? Or uh, yeah, yeah. As... yeah uh, his mom, his mom could, get, could get as much care as she needs. She, gets, she has two, one or two other people like, living there, and she has company. Okay. You know the uh, the the cost of the of 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 of, of uh, the caregiver would be divided like three ways. Yeah. You'd make all kinds of improvements, like um, what do you call it, uh, like fire sprinklers. You know, widening the doors, stuff that would help his mom. And um, you know, it's, it's it's a possibility that I think uh, could could come around because of uh, the next generation coming down the line. It's certainly a possibility, and I like the idea of covering costs by having. You know, uh, you know, pulling a nurse and having her service three people at once instead of just one. Uh, the downside on that is, is Dave. Very few of us are in the position of opening our home to not complete strangers, but to two more elderly people. And the legal ramifications you're going to have to get. I mean, you would really have to be careful with that. Um, senior cost or senior health insurance. It's it's heavily regulated. Um, and, you know, we frown upon people who rip off seniors as a society. So you have to be very careful how you set that up. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I have one set up now. I I, I live in a in, in the in the care home, and okay. uh, it's 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 really different. Like what's happening with the baby boomers is they're they're more into the idea of like communal living, whereas like the the last generation, or the the one that's that's, that's, that's unfortunately dying off now, they 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 want to stay in the house till the bitter end, till they go out feet first, you know. I hear you. Thanks for the call, Dave. Let's go to Emil in Brisbane. Emil, uh, Mr. Ambassador, now that I lost. Uh, my bid for mayor of Brisbane. The question is, how much of my personal dollars can I write off from from my campaign? The one thing I legally can't do is give tax advice. And if I gave tax advice, the IRS would come and take me away in cuffs. So you're going to have to check with your accountant on that one, Emil. Sorry you lost the race. Uh, was it close at least? No, I only got 10% of the, of the, of the vote. 10% is not bad. Yeah, not, so. not if you're a loser. <laughs> So thanks very much, Emil. I'm eventually going to run for city council uh, of San Carlos. It's when I leave radio and TV, I've, I've decided that's definitively what I want to do. And I'll have to conference with Emil to make sure that I, I win that bid and don't lose that bid. Because in the world, there's the winners and there's losers. And Emil came up on the, the short end of the stick. It's 800-345-5639. Get your calls on the air for the next hour. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black. Shoo. I'm Rob Black. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.